When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, another fantastic open from Mario Ruiz. Appreciate you guys all being a part of the show. Glad to have Michael Funches back with us as well. Uh, We got a lot going on tonight. Uh, Brian Windhorse is going to join the show in about a half hour or so. Uh, Just a quick little rundown what we got as far as topics go for Lakers talk. Uh, Power rankings are out on ESPN. Uh, They're kind of guessing the win total for the Los Angeles Lakers on ESPN as well. I want to kind of compare what listeners out there think versus what the experts think. Are you excited about this upcoming season? There was so much hype going into last season for the Lakers. And this year, I don't feel that same excitement. So I uh, just want to kind of compare the two off seasons. And oh, by the way, could it be a good thing that there's less attention on the Lakers? Kyrie maybe staying with the Nets after all. That was a report that we saw earlier today. Uh, have you accepted that the Lakers may be walking into training camp with Russell Westbrook. We'll get into that. LeBron's extension, what that means, that it lines up with Anthony Davis, and then Pau Gasol set to get his jersey retired on March 7th. I want to talk about Pau and what that moment will be like once Pau does get his jersey hung in the rafters. So a lot to get into. Um, I, I like doing this. I, I like doing the, you know, th- there's power rankings that come out and there's kind of guessing the win total of each team, especially last week. Late last week, the schedule came out. So now we obviously know that, all right, the Lakers are going to start the season up in the Bay against the Golden State Warriors. And then the second game of the season, Lakers got the Clippers. It's a home game. 10 of the first 15 games for the Lakers will be at crypto.com. So hopefully, hopefully this year they could get off to a good start. I actually think that's going to be key. I, I know a lot of times we just kind of sit back and mention uh, we look at the big picture for the Lakers, but I think getting off to a good uh, good start would be great. So schedule comes out last week. I don't need to get into all the details of it. I, I th- no matter what, the Lakers are going to obviously always have a target on their back. Um, they're going to have to play so much better than they did a year ago. And guys that were uh, not in the lineup uh, like Anthony Davis is going to have to play 70 games. So we'll get into all that. But the power rankings came out. And, you know, no surprises, the teams, the the Warriors and the Celtics are the top two teams. Milwaukee's three, Memphis four, uh, the Suns five. They got the Clippers at six. Wherever you want to put these upper echelon teams, um, ESPN does their power rankings. And, of course, for Lakers talk, I'm always curious, where does the NBA, where do they see the Los Angeles Lakers? So last year, the Lakers starting off the season, they were – I think second odds to to make the NBA Finals and win the entire thing. Them and Brooklyn were always kind of 1-2. That was the idea and the concept. Coming into this year, the Lakers will start off the season as far as the power rankings go at number 18. So number 18, Darvin Ham is going to have a brand new team for the Los Angeles Lakers. His first year as the head coach of the Lakers. They went out and they got... Thomas Bryan and Damian Jones and Juan Toscano-Anderson and Lonnie Walker the fourth and Troy Brown Jr., some of these other dudes that the Lakers picked up, but the core of LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and at least up to this point, Russell Westbrook is still obviously on this roster. 
And where the NBA sees the Los Angeles Lakers, or at least ESPN, they say that they are the 18th best team in the NBA. Right behind them, the Portland Trailblazers, the New York Knicks, the Charlotte Hornets. So it kind of gives you an idea where they have the Lakers. They got teams in the Western Conference. Just stick with the West here for a second. They got the Pelicans better than them. They got Minnesota in front of them. They got teams like Denver and Dallas and Clippers and go down the list of all the other teams they have in front of the Lakers as far as the Western Conference goes. This I I find a little bit more interesting. And this part of it, you know, I encourage Laker fans out there. I don't want to take calls on this one because I think if if I say, hey, guess how many wins you think the Lakers are going to have this upcoming year? You know, whatever number that you give out, you're basically just giving out a number. You could hit me on Twitter at Alan Sliwa if you want to kind of give your prediction of the win total for the Lakers. So let me let me paint this picture for Laker fans. Anthony Davis plays 70-plus games this upcoming season. LeBron plays 65-plus games this upcoming year. Let's assume Russ is on the roster because he's currently on the roster. And, you know, obviously I, I know for me, and I've mentioned this plenty of different times in the past, I, I would hope that changes. I hope by the time they get to training camp, Russ is no longer on the Lakers. I think it's better for both sides. Hopefully Russ is on a different team. But just for the sake of where we're sitting today, let's assume Russ is on the roster. And you have to guess how many wins you think the Lakers are going to have this upcoming season. The The reason why I kind of find this fascinating, to be honest with you, is just for the mere fact that if you look back to last year, Lakers won 33 games. And we know how many games Russ or we know how many games Anthony Davis missed, and LeBron missed his fair share of games as well. If those two guys are in the lineup a ton, and let's say the Lakers go from 16 games below 500 to 10 games above, let's say the Lakers won 46 games this year. By the way, ESPN, where they're putting the Lakers as far as win totals go, they're putting the Lakers at 42 and 40. So they're putting the Lakers in ninth place in the Western Conference. The reason why I kind of find this fascinating, even if the Lakers went out there and had just a really good year, really good year, let's say the Lakers were 10 games over 500. They go from 33 loss or 33 wins all the way up to 46 wins, 13 games better than they did a season ago, and they finished the season 46 and 36. Do you know what 46 and 36 gets you in the Western Conference? It does not get you a trip to the NBA playoffs. It gets you a trip to the playing tournament. It gets you a trip to number seven in the Western Conference. So this is based off of how the Minnesota Timberwolves, they were 46 and 36 last year, and that's where they ended up. They ended up in the seventh seed. Denver was 14 games over 500. That's how they got to the number six seed. Utah was, I think, 16 games over 500. They were the number five seed. So if you're predicting Laker victories, Laker, Laker W's, what do you think? How many wins this upcoming year? Take the best case scenario. Like I mentioned, Anthony Davis is playing in a ton of these games. Um, uh, LeBron is playing in a ton of these games. And then it's all kind of comes down to from there. It's based on the chemistry. It's based on how the team gels. It's based on guys that understand their role. It's based on these new young players they brought in, how impactful they are. It's based on Darvin Ham and his message to the team and if everybody's buying in. There's a lot of factors this upcoming year for the Lakers. And whether you want to make a prediction that they're 10 games old. If you, by the way, if you said this, 42 and 40, 
is what ESPN predicts the Lakers are going to win. I would, I would, I'd take my chances that they probably end up a little bit better than that. But even if you're 10 games over 500 at 46 and 36, like the Minnesota Timberwolves were last year, you're still in the playing tournament. So that just kind of shows how much of an uphill climb this season's going to be for the Lakers. And really what you're going to be asking these players to do, like AD, like LeBron, all the role players, what they're going to have to accomplish this year to really just make some noise. Um, This is always, the Lakers have always been this team where, it's actually a perfect comparison. The Lakers have always been this team where they're talked about a ton. And they're always going to get nationally televised games. And a lot of times you're going to get Vegas, you're going to get a lot of people that bet on the Lakers because it's the Los Angeles Lakers. But I look at this upcoming season and this is one of the few years, at least since LeBron has been here, where there really isn't all that much hype. And that's okay. By the way, I don't don't think that's a bad thing. Last season, there was so much hype behind the Lakers. How good are they going to how good are they going to be? Wow, it's LeBron, it's Russ, it's Anthony Davis, it's Carmelo Anthony, it's Dwight Howard, it's Rondo. Go down the list of all those veterans that the Lakers had, Trevor Ariza, Avery Bradley, and we know how things eventually panned out. It, it was a train wreck. It didn't go it didn't go well the entire time, which I'm kind of trying to think to myself, you compare last season, the hype coming into the year versus where we're sitting today, I don't feel that that same excitement, certainly from a year ago, or certainly since Bron is here, uh, since LeBron James has been here, it's lost a lot of that hype. Um, maybe a little less attention on the Lakers and a little less from an expectation perspective. Maybe that that does the Lakers well. Maybe that that could be a good thing for the Lake Show. But the 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 hype from last year to this year, Travis and I were talking about it this morning. What really needs to change? What needs to happen in order for the mood to change around the Lakers? I don't think anything needs to happen. I think that they're not going to have that high of expectations coming into the year, period. Unless they found a way to get Kyrie or they found a way to make some big trade for Russ and you really feel like you got the right role players. But I don't think there's going to be this huge hype around the Lakers coming into the season. Okay, that's all right. The only way the mood changes around the Lakers this upcoming season is we start getting a chance to watch things during training camp, preseason starts, regular season starts, and they just quietly start changing the the perspective that you have about them. And I'm all, I'm all right with that. I'm okay with that. Sometimes, you know, you live with all these expectations and you can't live up to it. I'm all right in this case this upcoming year, because I don't think there's a, a, a ton of excitement around this upcoming season. Maybe we're too far from it to where the excitement will come as you get closer to the actual beginning of the year starting. But they almost got to prove it to you. They almost got to reel you back in. The Anthony Davis has to make you think that, hey, that's the AD from a couple years ago. LeBron has to do what he's continued to do pretty much every year. Um, in his career. These role players have to prove to you that, hey, maybe this is a good fit. Darvin Ham is the right coach. And that certainly, certainly hasn't happened, at least thus far in the offseason. Um, the the offseason, I think there was a lot of hype, but not really much substance. Is that, way, is that the right way to put it? I think that's probably the right way to put it. I feel like for most of this year, or this offseason, that's been the case. We'll see if something changes. Okay, I got... Um, Brian Windhorst coming on 
in about, let's say, 15 minutes or so, maybe 20 minutes. I want to do this when we come back. We do have an update on the Kyrie uh, situation, and it sounds like he might be staying with the Brooklyn Nets after all. So if he does, have you accepted that there could be a scenario that plays out that Russ is going to be coming back, plus LeBron's extension? What does that mean for the future of the Lakers? It lines up identical with Anthony Davis's uh, contract. Uh, are these two just basically going to potentially play together for the next couple of years, and then it's a rebuild mode for the Lakers? We'll do all that coming up next. Stay right here. This is uh, Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And... Boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. All right, welcome back to uh, Lakers Talk. We got Brian Windhorst coming up in about uh, 10 minutes or so, about 15 minutes or so. Uh, Brian will uh, join us. Got a lot of questions around the Lakers. Get his thoughts on where ESPN puts the Lakers in the Western Conference, how many wins he thinks the Lakers are going to get, and then if there's any other information here, on the Lakers offseason and and thinking if that the way the roster is today is probably the way it's going to become training camp. So I saw this earlier today. The Nets reportedly intend to keep Kyrie Irving. Let, let me say this. Anytime you see a report like this, it's really, really tough to figure out, um, to read between the lines here. Is this the Nets trying to get more from a team like the Lakers or is this a real story? So let me... Let me, according, this is according to Sham Sharani of The Athletic, who writes that Irving has been working out with teammates and holding constructive dialogue with the organization this summer. Um, obviously, he picked up that $37 million player option that he had. Uh, we've been listening to potential uh, offers from the Lakers to go get Kyrie. Uh, if you guys remember, Mark Stein indicated Lakers were willing to include both their 2027 and 2029 first-round picks to acquire Irving, but that would involve Russ heading to Brooklyn, and the Nets are said to be uninterested in that scenario. So a lot of this, you know, from the beginning of the offseason, was all, it sounded like it was all predicated on KD. Hey, if Kevin Durant decides to come back to the Brooklyn Nets, then you're probably going to have Kyrie Irving stay there. But if KD, who had demanded that he wanted to be traded from the Brooklyn Nets, if it's going to become complete rebuild mode, then Kyrie is most likely to end up somewhere else, and that's where the Lakers were trying to you know, swoop in on this. According to this latest report, I'm, I'm starting to believe that Kyrie's probably not going to be a Laker. Now, that doesn't mean that the Lakers can't go 
make another move, go make another trade, um, and, and we'll see. You know, it's up for the front office to determine whether two first rounders, future first rounders, are worth giving up. Russ, two first rounders for Buddy Heald and Miles Turner, or the trade package of the Utah Jazz. That's up to the front office to figure out if that's in their best interest. But I know for me, I've had a very, very difficult time thinking in my head that by the time we get to training camp, Russ is still on this roster. There's a lot that's taken place over the last year or so with Russ being on this part of this franchise and part of the organization. First, there was all the excitement when he was initially traded. And you thought, okay, well, what are the Lakers really giving up? You're giving up KCP, a role player. You're giving up Kyle Kuzma, a role player. Montrezl Harrell was probably going to leave anyways. He had a player option. Did they really give up that much to go get Russ? I thought it was worth a gamble. And we know by the time the season started, and then you're 10 games in, and you're 20 games in, and 30 games in, and 40 games in, as the season progressed, you started understanding that, wow, this is a terrible mix. It's not working. Does Russ even want to be here? And then the season ends, Lakers don't make the playoffs, they don't make the playing tournament, and Russ has his exit interview, and you really kind of felt like there's no way that this team is coming back next year. They'll do whatever it takes to make sure Russ has moved, and the Lakers can move on as well, and Russ can move on and hopefully um, put more value back in his career as he's in the final year of his contract with $47 million. As we sit here today, what's the date today? August, August... 22nd on a Monday, Russ is still on this team. And we're about five weeks away from training camp starting. And I'll throw this out to Laker fans. Have you accepted that there's a strong likelihood that Russ is going to be on the Lakers by the time we get to training camp? I still have not accepted it. I really haven't. I mean, if I'm just being completely honest, I have not. Something was going down last week as the schedule was getting ready to drop. So we all knew that the schedule was going to drop it was noon on a Wednesday, Wednesday or Thursday, whatever day it was, at 11.57 a.m., three minutes before uh, the schedule was about to drop. LeBron signs an extension with the Lakers, and he uh, commits to two additional years with a player option in the final year. The reason why I kind of tie this all in together, I, I always thought that I would mentioned this before, that I loved Braun in a way holding this over the Lakers. Guys, do what you got to do, but if we're going to compete for an NBA championship or have a have a remote chance of competing for a championship, how about just make the playoffs and just get into the tournament and then roll the dice from there? If they are going to do that, it's probably not going to be with Russ on this roster. Go get the proper role players. Guys have been in the league for a little bit, have proven that they understand their role, that we feel fit better. And, you know, if it costs you that 2027 first rounder and that 2029 first rounder, then so be it. I'm not going to sign this extension until I know that, you know, something like this is working in progress. Well, LeBron signed that extension last week. And basically what he guaranteed, he guaranteed this upcoming season he'll be a Laker. And then next season he'll be a Laker. And then, you know, whatever happens after that happens after that. Which, by the way, I think is a smart contract by Braun. I like the one plus one. And he's going to have that flexibility to determine what he wants to do. And part of that's also going to have to do with potentially playing with Brawny down the road. Um, I do feel like the Lakers, the front office, and Braun have been on the same page since Braun has been here. I do think this marriage of both 
the Lakers and Braun, um, their similar goals. The Lakers, every single year, their goal is to win an NBA championship. Some years it's more realistic than others. We're going to find out how realistic it is this upcoming year or if we're crazy and they have no shot at all, which I think more people would lean towards that. Now, the extension that Braun brings to the table with the Lakers um, makes me think of a couple things. These are obviously his final couple of shots here to compete for an NBA championship. And maybe Anthony Davis comes back and maybe the role players that they have and maybe they do find some type of trade partner for us. Maybe it's still realistic or maybe it's not. But what starts becoming more and more interesting as we look at the future for the Lakers and if they do end up shopping that 2027 pick and that 2029 first rounder to to try to get better for the immediate future. When Braun's contract comes to an end, he's going to have a player option in that final year. Anthony Davis will also have a player option in that final year. So both Anthony Davis and LeBron James in that 2024-2025 season will have a player option. So this really kind of helps determine what this Lakers organization is going to be for the next few years. We know Braun and AD will be representing the franchise for the next two years. That could be it. And I listen, I don't know what's going to happen, right? Nobody does. Anthony Davis is a much different stage of his career than Braun is. But it makes you, it kind of puts into perspective that we could be sitting here two years from now and both LeBron James and Anthony Davis may have moved on. Maybe the Lakers have moved on. Um, and then that rebuilding process will start from there. I don't know what that re- rebuilding process is going to look like. I don't know how long that rebuild rebuilding process is going to take. But damn, does it seem like the Lakers right now, I always kind of try to compare the organizations that thrive the most. And I know the Warriors, it's an easy example right now because they're literally the, that's the blueprint of NBA right now. They are a perfect example of a team that has balanced winning now and cropping for the future. And for the Lakers, they're in a really peculiar spot where they want to win now. They may just not be good enough to win now. And they've also jeopardized a lot of their future to to try and win now. So it's crazy to kind of think over the next couple of years what that's going to look like, how the Lakers are going to fit into this mold. Um, but that that kind of dawned on me. And I'm not, by the way, I'm not surprised by it. the LeBron and AD contract, both having that player option in, in a couple of years. That, that page, it seems like, you know, we, we used to make this – we used to kind of claim that, well, Anthony Davis is going to eventually, this is eventually going to be his franchise. That he's going to eventually get an opportunity when LeBron James says, hey guys, I'm done. I've done everything I can. I had this illustrious, illustrious um, uh, career and I'm, I'm going to be one of the top two, three, four, five greatest players to ever play the game wherever you want to put him. But AD, here are the keys now to the franchise. The Lakers will help you go get another all-star in here and then Anthony Davis is going to lead the way for the Lake Show. I, I don't. I certainly don't feel that same confidence as I did a couple years back. Now it's going to be Anthony Davis trying to reclaim that, and I know that's going to be extremely difficult. But the end to LeBron and Anthony Davis playing together became much more clear for me after LeBron signed that extension. I knew it was there. It's not like it's a surprise or a shock. But now you see it, that it could be – 
this could be the final couple of years that we get with those two leading the Lakers, and then whatever happens from there happens from there. Okay, we got Brian Windhorst coming up next. Uh, also, after we talk with Brian, um, I want to talk about that Pau Gasol he is set to get his jersey retired on March 7th, so I want to spend some time on that before we get out of the show. Crypto.com Arena to get some key upgrades. We'll do that as well, but Brian Windhorst coming up next. Stay right here. Lakers Talk, 710 ESPN. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the Launch Your Online Shop stage to the First Real Life Store stage, all the way to the Did We Just Hit a Million Orders stage, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. All right, welcome back to Lakers Talk. want to welcome in Brian Windhorse. Um, covers the NBA for uh, ESPN. Brian, thank you for doing this, buddy. I do appreciate it. I know there, there's a lot that's gone on here uh, the last couple weeks just around the NBA, around the Lakers. I, I want to start with this. LeBron signed his extension last week with the Lakers, and it's a, uh, a one-plus-one, so a two-year extension player option in the final year. Just just what does that mean in, in your mind that we know LeBron's going to be with the Lakers at least for two more years? How, how do you perceive it? Any surprises there, or this is, is this kind of what you thought was going to happen? You know, I thought he would sign it. I'm, a, I'm mildly surprised he signed it in August. Um, and I think what it really illustrated, Alan, is that he, regardless of, you know, they may have, you know, a bad moment or they may have a rough patch. But ultimately, at the end of the day, LeBron is really invested in being a Laker and really invested in the Lakers in general. And so while he could have said, look, I'm going to I'm going to hold this extension over you until you improve the roster. He did the inverse. He said, I'm going to commit to you so that maybe you have a better clarity in how to improve the roster. And that's how it should go with a star player and, and, a, and, a, and a, you know, in a, in a team like the Lakers, but it hasn't always gone like that in the NBA. And it hasn't always gone like that with LeBron. So, um, you know, no matter what happens with this season, um, I think that it's an illustration that LeBron truly is deeply invested and not that that was really in doubt, but after what happened last spring with the inaction at the trade deadline, obviously there was a little bit of a wavering in that. And so now I think you can close the door on that. Brian, how, how kind of speaking of this upcoming season, how do you feel? I, I was doing this with listeners and, and got a lot of tweets on this as well. It's completely different as we sit here on August 22nd, 
last year there was so much hype around the Lakers and obviously big names. Um, the Russ thing didn't work out. They ended up 16 games below 500 all offseason. You've really just been talking about is there a place that the Lakers can trade Russ to and try to go get some you know role players to fit in. Uh, it, it's it's to simplify it. There's not nearly as much hype as there was a year ago. What do you yeah. think of this Lakers roster right now? When you, when you look at this team compared to the rest of the Western Conference, how do you perceive them? I'm not that excited about it. Um, I, I don't think they're a contender right now. We could debate back and forth where they're going to be, and you could end up being right or I could end up being right. But I don't think you can look anybody in the eye right now and say they're a championship contender. I think if Anthony Davis plays great and LeBron plays great, they would have the opportunity to do anything. I think LeBron would would say that any playoff series that he's in when he's healthy, he has a great chance to win, and I wouldn't disagree with that. But I don't think they're a contender, and I think their challenge is, you know, they finished 11th last year. And, of course, there were injuries that absolutely played a role into that. It's not in a vacuum, you know, they're not the 11th best team in the West. But the truth is they finished 11th. And if you look at the 10 teams that finished in front of them, I think you think the Jazz are coming backwards, and I think the, the, the Spurs are coming backwards. All the rest of those teams, I don't see them weakening. And some of them considerably strengthened. Hmm. The, the Wolves considerably strengthened. Um, I think the Pelicans, with getting Zion back, should be stronger. The Clippers, getting healthy, should be stronger. And the Portland Trailblazers, who finished behind them, you think are going to get stronger. So – Build me the case that the Lakers are going to, you know, with this roster, go shooting up into that top six. I, um, it, it's in addition to their own challenges, they've also got a, a, a really competitive Western Conference. I don't think there's a dynasty team in the West, and I don't mean the Warriors over the last decade. I mean the Warriors – of next year. I don't think they're unbeatable by any stretch. I don't think any team is unbeatable, but I think the depth of the conference is going to make it very hard for the Lakers as currently constructed to make a huge improvement. Brian Windhorst covers the uh, NBA for ESPN, taking some time to join Lakers talk. Yeah, Brian, I, I was looking at the, I think it's, you know, we, we get caught up in the standings or ESPN does their power rankings or there's predictions of how many wins you think the Lakers are going to have. I think ESPN had them at 42 wins. And, you know, it's it's just to put into reality, the Minnesota Timberwolves were 10 games over 500 last year, and they were in seventh. So they still had to play in the, ten, uh, the playing tournament. The Nuggets were 14 games over 500, and that got them the number six spot. So I, I think what you're – you know, obviously what you're talking about there from the challenges in front, it's not just – how does your team look, your roster? It's a brand-new coach. you got a lot of young, new pieces you're trying to get into the mix. Obviously, the health of Anthony Davis and LeBron. Russ is fit, but the Western Conference is going to be incredibly uh, challenging as well. Um, on that, uh, Brian, I'm, I'm always you – know, I kind of find myself gone back and forth all offseason wondering what the Lakers are going to do or what some of their options are. Um, we saw a report earlier today as well, and I, I know you've talked about this – that maybe Kyrie doesn't go anywhere. Maybe Kyrie ends up staying with the Brooklyn Nets. Do you feel that they're, that, that the the roster that the Lakers have right now, there's a stronger chance that by the time training camp starts, this is your roster? Or do you feel that the Lakers will still try to make some kind of move, whether it's with the Jazz or the Pacers or maybe that, that slim hope of trying to do something with Brooklyn? Yeah, 
Yeah, my guess is by February the Lakers will have made a significant trade. Um, I don't know who it would be for. I just don't know for sure. You know, just because the Nets may have a certain position today doesn't mean they'll feel that way in six weeks, doesn't mean they'll feel that way in three months. Um, you know, the Lakers may just have to remain patient. Um, uh, I think the, the the message that the Lakers have sent is that they are willing to pay to upgrade the roster, but they do not want to pay to just trade off Russell Westbrook. They, mm-hmm. Their mission is not to just trade Russ. They want to pay to significantly improve their team. And that's a high bar, you know, um, and that's, I think, you know, what they're looking at. And part of that is going to be patience. You know, they may, you know, what they have in November may not be what they have in, uh, in January. Now, that's not to say, I mean, I keep, the league right now is very fragile. We obviously have two star players in Kevin Durant and Donovan Mitchell who are, who are hanging out there. And a move with one of them could open up four or five different other maneuvers that could happen in the league. And so I think the Lakers are probably amongst the teams waiting to see what develops. So I can't confidently sit here today, Alan, and say, oh, I definitely think the Lakers are going to make a move by opening day Mm -hmm. or opening of training camp or December 15th. But I think an opportunity will present itself to the Lakers at some point, and I think they will look to improve this roster. But I, I, I don't think that they want to take a half measure. They, they have limited assets left, as we know. They have, um, you know, they have two years now with LeBron and AD. They know that they're locked in for two years. They, they have the knowledge that that's their window um, before those guys can hit free agency. So how do you take those situations and try to maximize that span with what you've got? That's what Rob Plink is going to do every day and work on every day. And if something comes in a month, They'll try it. I, I think they'll be open to trying it, even if that means including both first-round picks. It might. It may take two months. It may take three months. I think they're going to try. But the important thing about this is they can't miss. they got to mm. hit this one if mm. they do it. And so that's going to make them even more selective, I think, and, and patient. And, and they have been to this point. Uh, is, as upset as LeBron was about them not doing anything at the deadline, doing anything at the deadline last year, it probably was the right decision. Mm. And so now they have to try to make the right decision going forward. Well, what do you think that that dynamic would be if if you do open up training camp and Russ is still here, uh, still a part of the Lakers? Just from your perception or your perspective, knowing that uh, over the last year, kind of how things went, Russ and his exit interview, obviously the fit didn't all work. Is there a way because Darvin Ham is there, because there's some new faces there, that they're, from a vibe perspective, doesn't it just seem like it would be so awkward starting training camp? And and by the way, you're right in the sense of, well, if that's the case, that's the case. The, the organization is not trying to just get rid of Russ. They're trying to improve their roster. And if none of these deals present themselves uh, with a way to improve their roster, then they'll they'll try to be patient with it. But what do you think that dynamic would be like? I think it's really up to Russ. I mean, that exit interview was devastating. Um, but okay, months have passed. I mean, look, do do I personally believe that at this point in his career, knowing his temperament, knowing how he is as a player, that Russell Westbrook is going to completely shift his game to what Darvin Ham wants? 
Do I think that that's likely? I do not. I cannot sit here and say, I think Russ is going to work, um, you know, fighting through screens on one side and going and standing in the corner and waiting for a three on the other. I just don't see him doing that. I just don't see it. But I have to acknowledge that in 20 years of covering the NBA, sometimes what you really believe in in August fails you. And sometimes what you deny in August turns out to be true. So I would be foolish to sit here and say that it's absolutely impossible. I I don't like the chances, but I would say this Russ's temperament from day one is going to be really important. Hmm. I want to hear what he says about the role that Darvin Ham is asking from him on media day. I want to see how he conducts himself in the preseason. I want to see whether he is really willing to play the role because his, one of his biggest complaints, Alan, as you and all the Laker fans know, is that it wasn't spelled out to him what was expected of him last year. Well, when did Darvin get hired? He got hired in, in May or early June. He spelled it out to him then. Hmm. He's, he, he openly said that he's had multiple meetings with him during June. He spelled out to him. So by the time training camp comes, he'll have had two and a half or three months to prepare for this. And so if truly that was the issue last year was not, you know, that he was willing to do whatever was told, he just wasn't, or wasn't articulated. By the way, I don't believe that. But if that's what he truly thinks, he has no excuse but to be totally bought in on day one. So I'm going to watch from day one. And, you know, to me, it's one of the things that is going to be one of the most interesting things to watch in the preseason, whether Russ is truly going to make a college try of what Darwin wants. Because if he isn't, I don't know what their recourse is going to be. Yeah, that, that piece will be fascinating. And if you'd have told me by the time last season ended, that we'd get to training camp and, you know, a scenario like this would present itself. I, I honestly, I'd have been shocked, but the way it's, listen, the way things are panning out, maybe that is kind of the structure of it. Um, I got one more for you, uh, uh, Brian, and I appreciate you taking the time for this. Um, a- Anthony Davis, I feel like, I feel like a lot of people have talked about AD. It's been a little bit all over the place of what to expect this upcoming season. I- I'm just curious from your opinion, how how important is this upcoming year for AD um, and, and, you know, I, the perception around the league of his availability, the perception around the league of, you know, obviously staying healthy. And this is just two years removed of having just a fantastic playoff run. Obviously, Lakers win a championship in the bubble. What what does this year mean for you uh, in, in watching Anthony Davis and, and what kind of Anthony Davis are, are you expecting? Yeah, well, he's um... – you know, he, he doesn't really – he doesn't have to prove himself in so much as he's proven he's a championship player. He's proven he's an all-NBA player. He's, he's got a $200 million contract and, and all that stuff. I mean, he doesn't – you know, it's, it's, I don't want to say he's got to prove himself, but he's he had such a setback year last year. And, look, some of it was bad luck. You know, people say he's injury-prone. Yeah, he's injury-prone, but sometimes it's bad luck. He had some bad luck last year. So – um, you know, he has had a very long off season to both get healthy and get into condition. And look, if he comes to training camp and he's in great condition and he's worked to get healthy and he, he goes out there and he looks great, he looks like the player that you want from your, you know, your $40 million a year player. And then he goes out there and somebody kicks him in the knee or he, he lands on someone's foot again and turns over his ankle and misses a month. It's just bad luck. 
if he struggles because he's not in peak physical condition, then I think it's a different, it's a different conversation. So we've seen some of the videos we've, we've seen, you know, his, you know, his, his rededication. You just want to see that you want to see, you know, the Lakers got done last season very early. You want to see a team that was upset that they missed the playoffs and used the off season to atone for it. You know, LeBron's going to come in shape. Um, he always does. You know, you can't always say that about AD. So, again, let's watch those first weeks of training camp. Let's watch those preseason games. Let's see what kind of condition Anthony Davis is in. Because if he's in condition and in form, you know that with AD and LeBron, it opens up so many, so many doors. And that's really what the, what the Lakers are counting on. Ultimately, any what Russell Westbrook trade is going to be to complement those two guys. Even if Rob Polinka executes the greatest possible trade for Russell Westbrook you could possibly envision, it's not going to matter unless those two guys are healthy at the top of their game. Brian, always uh, appreciate the time and the insight, bud. Thank you for doing this, and thanks for joining the show. Thanks. Have a great week. All right. Thank you, Brian. That's Brian Windhorse right there. Uh, great stuff. By the way, a couple things I want to hit on when we come back. His, the conversation about the trade deadline um, that he expects – something might not happen by the time the season starts, but by the time you get to the trade deadline, um, Russ's role on the team, I thought that was interesting. And then Pal Gasol set to get his jersey retired on March 7th. We'll talk about all that coming up next. Stay right here. Lakers talk on 710 ESPN. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. All right, thank you again to uh, Brian Windhorst. By the way, love having him on. Um... If there's one thing I enjoy talking Lakers basketball with Brian, he's going to give his exact opinion. Uh, there is no sugarcoating anything. One of the things I, I thought that stuck out. So I'm trying to, you know, see if we can get some insight on this current Lakers roster. That if this current roster that they have today, if this is what we should expect by the time the dra- trade deadline comes, I'm sorry, by the time um, training camp starts. And he said, look, I, I can't tell you one way or the other. What if KD gets traded tomorrow? Now that opens up all these other opportunities. Donovan Mitchell gets traded from the Jazz. Now all of a sudden Kyrie's back in play. But what he did say was he would expect something to go down by the trade deadline. And that the patience that the Lakers have had so far this offseason is actually the right approach. That don't just make a trade because you're getting rid of Russell Westbrook and you just want to move on because that trade didn't work out, make a trade because it's improving your team and your roster and that now all of a sudden you think you are back in the mix of just getting to the playoffs. And as Brian Windhorst said, if LeBron and Anthony Davis get a chance in the playoffs, then they'll take their chances. That all makes sense to me. I just kind of go back to this. um, And, you know, he spent a lot of time talking about Russ's role how he'd be so curious to see 
how Russ approaches the beginning of this season, training camp, his conversation, and, and just his action of what Darvin Ham is asking him to do, which has been clearly defined up to this point of what he'd like Russ to do once the season starts, if Russ is still on this team. That is fascinating. That will unfortunately be the biggest storyline around the NBA is if you start the year and Russ is still there, it's going to be the questions in training camp that go to Darvin Ham that go to LeBron, that go to some of the youngsters, that go to Anthony Davis, that obviously that are brought up to Russ. Russ is fit. Um, last season from the beginning, it never worked out, and it never had a good vibe to it. That could play out again this upcoming year, and that, that part will be uh, fascinating. Okay, as we only have a few minutes left in the show, I want to make sure I spend the proper amount of time on this one. Um, schedule came out last week, and by far – one of the days I'm looking forward to most this upcoming year is when the Lakers will retire Pau Gasol's jersey on March 7th versus the Memphis Grizzlies. By the way, really cool actually that they're doing it against the Grizzlies where he spent a major part of his career and was incredibly successful for the Memphis Grizzlies. That's the trade the Lakers eventually made with the Grizz to bring Pau over to the Lake Show. Um, really excited about that date. I- I've said this before. They're different eras that come in Lakers basketball. And for you, it's the era of Elgin Baylor or maybe it's Gail Goodrich or um, Jerry West or Wilt Chamberlain or the Shaq and Kobe days or the Magic, Kareem and James Worthy. Whatever era it is that you were in, um, the Pal Kobe is a piece of history that's part of the uh, really unique and tremendously successful eras of Lakers history. Powell and, uh, and, and Kobe won two NBA uh, championships together. They got to the finals three times. Jeannie Buss had put out a tweet, actually retweeting soon, 16, and they're talking about 16 going up in the rafters. Uh, Jeannie put up, it was never a matter of if we will retire number 16, but when, congratulations on your retirement. She's talking about Pau Gasol. He's got to be one of the most beloved Lakers uh, certainly in history, but especially there's a special part I think people have with Pau because of that relationship with Kobe. There's a special part that Pau has in a lot of Laker fans because it was Kobe on his own uh, on his own journey trying to show that he can win without Shaquille O'Neal, and um, it's going to end up sitting right next to Kobe's 24. You know, you're just assuming that that it's that it's going to be there. But I can't tell you how much I love this. And as much as, you know, we look at this upcoming season and you got matchups and the Lakers are playing against the Golden State Warriors or they got the Clippers or Memphis is coming into town or the Boston Celtics, whatever you're, whatever you're excited about this upcoming year, for me, um, very, very close on the top of that list is March 7th because I'm looking forward to Pal uh, Gasol's jersey retirement. That's going to go on the 7th against the Grizzlies much, much deserved, and I know how much Laker fans respect, pal, so I'm looking forward to that. Last thing I want to uh, just make mention of here real quick, Crypto.com Arena this morning, uh, there was some some uh, news about this, about to get some key upgrades, renovations over the next two years, so supposedly there's going to be a lot that goes on to kind of continuing to build the legacy of what used to be Staples is now Crypto.com Arena. Um, they they kind of got to do this you know to be honest with you think about what's happening around uh around la right now you got sofi the clippers are going to build their intuit dome that's coming pretty soon so la live 
has got to continue to stay relevant and certainly um, what is only 22 years old for some reason seems like it's old. It's not old, but that that seems old in kind of this what's happening now over in uh, in Inglewood. Um, okay, quick thank you to everybody that tuned in. You could get on the podcast and listen to it. Just go to uh, make sure to go to ESPN LA, download the app, and you'll get all the Lakers talk uh, stuff there. Thank you to Michael Funches, Mario Ruiz, and Laura Romo. LA, have a great rest of your night.